folks, do you feel like everything these days is go, go, go? It's nonstop from work to friends to family and a million pressing issues. Sometimes you just need to take a playoff and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. Hey, it's that time of year in Minnesota again to get out on the lake, go to the cabin, sit back, watch some baseball. Coors Light is the perfect refreshment to chill during these summer months. There's only one beer out there that's made to chill. The mountains on the bottles and cans turn blue when your beer is cold, and that way you know it's time to chill. Hit that reset button with some mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one you should choose when you need to unwind. When you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Welcome to another episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collar here, and joining me from Pro Football Focus, in my humble opinion, one of the best tape analysts out there, just wrote a tremendous piece about what went wrong with Russell Wilson in the playoffs, Seth Galina. What is up, Seth? How much, man? Just trying to get through the end of the season. Just trying to grind my way until February 7th, honestly. <laughs> Can't wait till the end. Hey, we made it through the college season, though, right? Like, uh, congratulations to college for actually getting their season in. Um, whether it was moral or not, <laughs> highly questionable. But uh, they made their way through, and you did a, a ton of great work uh, on the college side. And I, I love your tape analysis. And uh, because of your coaching experience in your past, combined with what you do now for PFF, I wanted you to be the, the third leg of our Making of a Modern Offense series here. And let me start out broadly with this question for you, because I haven't addressed this so much in my previous two episodes. Every coach always talks about maximizing the talent that they have. And every coach always talks about playmakers in space. I want you to explain to me how the best offensive teams in the NFL do those two things, maximize the skills they have around them and get playmakers in space, because literally everyone says that. My best example, and I use this all the time, is when I think about the Saints do this all the time. Uh, they, you know, they haven't done it as much this year, but like the past five years, the past 10 years, however long it's been, they've been doing this all the time. So they spread you out. They don't play with a running back in the backfield. So now you're creating space via uh, width. You're creating space because now the individual has – one individual has to go cover – an eligible receiver. So that creates space between the two, the t- between two defenders. So the Saints, uh, what they've been doing in, so they're creating space and they're maximizing their playmaker by putting a very good receiver, whether it's Michael Thomas recently or last year, they haven't done as much this year, but last year, Jared Cook did it. Um, and then the running backs over the years, whether it's Darren Sproles, Reggie Bush, or now Alvin Kamara, getting him on the short side of the field, a one-on-one with, you know, hopefully a linebacker. Sometimes it's a safety who's coming down. Running off basically everybody and then letting him pick where the open space is. 
So that is like, like for me, like the, the, the most obvious example is like weak side option routes. Like we're going to push everyone down the field and we're going to give our, our very good player, Alvin Kamara, space to do whatever the hell he wants. You go inside, you can go outside, you can sit down if it's like zone. And I think, so I think that's like one way to do it. I mean, there's a million other ways that the Patriots over the years ran a strong side option route with Edelman and Welker and, and even Gronk would play in that role sometimes. So it's like, he's the guy he, like trip to the trip side, to the three receiver side, still an empty to the three receiver side. He's the one closest to the quarterback. And then he's running the option route. So on, so the guy next to him is running down the field. The other slot on the other side of the field is running down the field, create space, stretch them wide, and then there you're able to um, you're able to to get between the you know they say in soccer like play in the half spaces so like you know you spread them out and then you can throw the ball into those half spaces and the, and then I think the other way when you look at uh, what the Vikings do what what all these like wide zone boot teams play action teams do is they'll condense you so they're they're going to put a lot of guys in the middle part of the field in order so that you got to move in two on defense and then they're able to um, find space outside the numbers or outside the hash marks uh, because you've condensed so much on defense. So like there's two ways to do it. Um, yeah, I think those are the two main, the two, when I see like, like broadly, I think those are the two main ways to create space and then, and then obviously putting, put, putting, making those routes um, work for your best players, right? And then, and um, you're like, okay, well, you know, we can have Michael, you know, uh, not a great example because Michael Thomas runs every route in the world. But let's say, uh, you know, T- Ted Ginn on the Saints back in the day. Like, look, this, you get one thing you can do. Like, you're going to take the top off the defense, and that's fine. And doing so is going to allow us to maximize the rest of our talent, which means Michael Thomas underneath, which means Cook, uh, Cook underneath, uh, which means Kamara underneath, blah, blah, blah. Now it's Emmanuel Sanders for the Saints, it's, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, that's, I think, think that's how you create space in the, in the modern football. So the kind of first thing, the Saints thing that you laid out, I, I don't think that the Vikings do that really all that much, if not ever. Um, that was something that in 2018 I think that they tried to do more often, but option routes, short throws, spreading out, I mean, these are just not Vikings things. The Vikings had the lowest percentage this year in the entire NFL of three wide receiver sets, and I get it because Irv Smith's a good player, so they're using yeah. two tight ends, but they just that's not the style that they do. And I was hoping you could explain some of the strategies uh, strengths, weaknesses, and maybe even the limitations of the play-action offenses off of the wide zone. Because I think that the biggest limitation is that when stuff goes wrong and you're playing from behind, it's not your best stuff. Like what you do, what your base thing is, what your go-to is, is a play-action, deep shot down the field, rolling out, giving Kirk Cousins time to set and throw. And I think we see this from Tennessee and from Ryan Tannehill too and and some of these offenses where – if you are playing from ahead and you're running and they're, you know, they're putting eight in the box and all those things that it works really, really well. And nobody's better, I think, at rolling out, setting and throwing down the field than Cousins. But when they get behind and it's not against Jacksonville or Carolina, who I know they had comebacks against, but I mean against good teams like in the playoffs last year against San Francisco, I think that it showed some of the limitations of that offense. Yeah, I mean, like with any type of offense where you're going to rely on running the football, and we're going to see it this weekend with with Cleveland, I think. 
Um, what are they going to do if they get punched in the face pretty early in that game in Kansas City and then they got to come from behind? Baker's playing pretty good football right now, but I don't know if he's playing. I can drop back or or, or like drop back thirty times in a game um, football. So yeah, I think. Look, it's an offense that I think clearly has worked for a long time now in the NFL, and now it's becoming spread throughout the league, and you're seeing quarterbacks who probably aren't all that good. Um, either, just, not even just like have good seasons. I mean, we're talking about go to the Super Bowl. We're talking about Jared Goff, talking about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo for the past two years. This year, maybe it's it's Baker Mayfield. You know what I mean? Like it could be could be three in a row for that type of offense. So it, it does work, I think. I think um, the horizontal nature of the running play itself, the wide zone, allows you to um, really move linebackers and then create defined reads. So it's like there's not a lot of stuff that – like the, the play action stuff off of the off of the wide zone, off of the boot, you know, when you're going to boot the guy all the way around. I mean, there's only, there's like two things you can do. <laughs> right. It's corner route deep to hold the corner back. And then there's someone coming underneath. Uh, sorry, there's an intermediate runner mm-hmm. from the backside or sometimes from the strong side too. But, and then there's a flat guy and it's like, okay, well, we can find a way on defense to take away those three routes then it's like and 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 doing that by playing a lot of too high safety stuff, which I know a lot of teams are going to slowly start to yep um, slowly start to get into because it's like one of those things where okay maybe maybe this offense didn't take off when it should have in the late nineties um, when the Broncos obviously won two Super Bowls and had so much success and then even you know you look at some of the success that Alex, Alex Gibbs who was with that those teams those Broncos teams had in. Atlanta, and then you look at what Kubiak had did in in Houston. Like, okay, maybe it wasn't the right time because it wasn't at the, the league wasn't as one high cover three as it is now. And now, you know, we saw the Seahawks do it. Their offense spread throughout the league. It became a one high league. So maybe now, maybe now it's just that's how offense works. You know, now we're seeing all these eight man boxes, like you said, and we can play action off of it, and we don't have enough deep safeties to deal with all these crossing routes. You know, I think we had talked about that um, over the summer where if you're going to get routes that cross the field, you better, like, it's so much easier to deal with them when you have two safeties because now one can, one could hit, can, can, can nail down on that crossing route, can cut it and the other one could play in the post and, and, and the opposite with one safety, you're kind of, you're, you're, he's got to stay in the middle of the field to a certain degree. Um, and if he comes down, then we have other players that can go run a, um, you know, a corner post. I'm sure the Vikings ran, tried to run that a lot. You know, um, I see the Packers trying to do it all the time to Devontae Adams. So it's like with two high safeties, I think you can, you can find a way to, um, to deal with it. But then you got to be in a world where, hey, you're going to get gashed a couple times now yep. on the ground. Yep. So that's always the, the cat and mouse game. I think, um, there are ways to deal with the zone run um, from different fronts. You know, you see it in the in college, and we're seeing it in the NFL. I just watched the Baltimore-Tennessee game from last week. T- T- Tennessee is playing a college offense. It's playing a high school offense. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Defense, defensively. Like, Tennessee's yeah, yeah, playing yeah. 
a high school defense, mm-hmm. and that's not a knock on like Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore offense. It's just like it, 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 they don't have a choice because you have a transcendent talent at, at quarterback there, so you kind of have to do things that you no, wouldn't normally do. And I think it helped them against all the zone runs. Now you, you have issues with other types of runs, but I think you know playing a, a going back to a 34, playing a too high 34 type of look. I think that could help. I think that's probably where defenses need to go, especially if this offense keeps spreading and spreading and spreading and spreading, which is kind of like kind of what we're seeing. Arthur Smith is going to get a job this offseason. Yep. Uh, whoever touches McVay gets a job. Uh, you know, all this stuff. Nathaniel Hackett might get a job after working under LeFleur. Um, you know, and he's been around for a while, but he might take he might look at that and say, man, that's, that, I like that stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think Hackett was in – Pittsburgh, if I'm he, not mistaken. He was in, yeah, he was uh, in Buffalo with Chan Gailey, I think, maybe? So it's a very different, you know what I mean? It's a very different yeah. style. But, oh, like, yeah. you know, if he, if he were to go somewhere else, even as an OC somewhere as a head coach, like, he might bring that style that he learned under, yeah. that, that he's taken now under uh, under LaFleur. So, like, that offense is going to spread, and therefore we're going to have to – defense is going to have to adjust because I don't know if you can live in a one-high world um, – with with all that all this action you're getting, it's so much, dude. Like again, you're you're playing with a lot of linebackers because you sp- spun that safety down, who is you know now acting as a as a third linebacker or a fourth linebacker, whatever. Well, now he's now he's a, he's a linebacker, so he's 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 he he sees run action going this way, he's following it, mm-hmm. and so and so you know you're putting all these linebackers on the field, they're acting like linebackers how we're teaching linebackers to play and you're able to boot away from it and, and get um, a lot of, a lot of success. And the funny thing is that outside zone run play, it's not good. Like, I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. I should say it's not good. It's not efficient. Yeah. The, the, the actual handoff to the running back does not get many yards on, on there's, there's like, I think maybe one team who has like a positive EPA for play on outside zone this year, maybe two. Hmm. Like that doesn't like it, that's not the whole point of the the offense. The point of the offense is we we have this, we can show this action, and then we can boot around it, and that's where the big plays are. You know, um, uh, with you know the Packers are absolutely killing everybody uh, now that now that Rogers has decided he's going to play in this offense and not just be 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 his be himself like he did last year. So yeah, I don't I don't know. It's, I think that's. Those are are just a lot of thoughts I have on the white zone offense right there. Yes, they are. I want to remind you about our friends at SodaStick. If you use the promo code PURPLEINSIDER, you can get free shipping at SodaStick.com to get your original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. There's so many great designs, including Chuck Foreman's Spin Doctor shirts, Skull Hats, Straight Cash Homie shirts, and much, much more. And if you are a hockey fan with that getting going soon or a basketball fan, make sure you check out all sorts of great designs. Their apparel is screen-printed here in Minnesota on Super Soft super comfy shirts and hoodies you will love it that's sodastick.com s-o-t-a-s-t-i-c-k.com original minnesota sports inspired goods code purple insider for free shipping 
Well, a few things. Uh, number one, I think that this is why they love Delvin Cook so much yeah. is because he can be efficient in that running offense. Although I noticed this year that they went to a lot of inside zone and even occasionally some power stuff. And I was very surprised, like, wait a minute, why is a guard pulling? You know, this, this has not happened very often <laughs> in this type of offense, but they started to mix it up. But you are exactly right that when the Vikings have played a team like Detroit that played a lot of single high against them, they just murdered them. Right. So, and then it was, it was all man coverage. It was like, okay, Justin Jefferson, man coverage running deep routes with nobody in the middle of the field. Cause linebackers are diving up toward Delvin cook. This is going to be too easy. Kirk cousins destroyed the Philadelphia Eagles twice uh, and they ran the same thing like single high single high I was like did you guys watch Kirk Cousins play at all uh, because that's not going to work and it has seemed like even though he's had very good seasons that at times teams will do that and even some bad teams can frustrate him and frustrate this offense by playing the too high. I remember when they played Washington on a, maybe it was a Monday night football and Case Keenum got hurt. Dwayne Haskins came in, he was garbage and they won. But early in the game, the Vikings were really struggling with them playing too high because their defensive line was so good. And this is where to me, this is where everything always breaks down. And if you want to be great at this, I think you have to have an incredible offensive line like the Rams did in 2018 or like the Cleveland Browns have right now and this has been in my mind the shortcoming of the roster building because the one thing that consistently blows this up is just beasts on the defensive line and I know they make everything tougher but I think they especially make it tougher when you don't have a mobile quarterback well it's also I mean we were just talking off the air about Kirk Cousins and how he just can't like that that is the quarterback himself is just not set up for that type of for, for not having those type of people inside. And, and again, going back to the Saints, look at how they built that team early in the Sean Payton years with the two guards and the, you know, the, you know, they want to get Jari Evans and Carl Nix to big guard, big guards. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, Breeze is, 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 Breeze is Breeze, right? Like right. He, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, he's like five to two, but like, <laughs> and, and you put in like six foot eight guards in front of him, but he's like, he gets it. He understands enough that he can still throw over the middle of the field. And like, he, he's like blind, but he can, he can still see, right. He's like um, that superhero that I forgot his name. Now I look like an idiot, but uh, uh, <laughs> Daredevil. That's it. Daredevil um, <laughs> so like, but like that was the whole plan early in the career was, hey, we're not going to allow any interior pressure because we don't have a tall quarterback. We don't have a guy who could, who's very mobile. Um, and that obviously has not been the case for for Minnesota because they allow interior pressure. The, they, they, you know, I know they've tried to draft. Obviously, they've drafted Bradbury. Um, like, they've tried at least, but it's like it's not it's not great. And, and then you're seeing the results. Like, now you have to live – in this wide zone offense, and if it's not there and you're dropping back a hundred times a game, you've got problems, man. <laughs> right, and sometimes they do. Uh, and and this is a great point. That it's, it's actually funny that um, elite edge rushers, aside from Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack always does damage to whoever he's playing, but top-notch edge rushers have not always destroyed the Vikings. It's usually – The interior guys and with Green Bay, when especially in 2019, when they beat the Vikings twice, they were putting Zadarius Smith right over the guards, rushing him up the middle. There's a play where Jason Pierre-Paul against Tampa Bay 
rushes on a third down over the guard. It's like other teams didn't miss this, okay? They didn't need the PFF grades to see that the guard situation is a problem. Yeah. I mean, so um, maybe we can pinpoint it better that it's one of the worst I- issues of any team in the league is this team's guards in terms of position groups. And that's where I think, you know, when we talk about playing to the strengths, that doesn't just go for co- coaches drawing up X's and O's. This goes for the front office saying, you know what, 14 million bucks for guard is actually pretty bad for most teams to do not necessarily bad for this team to do and I I also think that with wide zone and I'm stealing this from a former offensive lineman that told me this so tell me if you think I'm I'm wrong here but the size of the man doesn't necessarily make someone incapable of being good at, at blocking the wide zone the, and, and I feel like the Vikings have kind of like played into that. Like, hey, Kubiak always has that lightest offensive line in the NFL. Yeah, but in 1998, those guys were 270 pounds and it didn't matter. Like, this is 2021. It has been a long time. And that, to me, is their biggest failing as an offense is if you're not going to even play into the weakness or, or try to protect the weakness of your quarterback, it's going to bite you. Like, there's, there's no way around it. Well, I mean, look, so I agree that, like, we've always thought about, you know, zone offenses. You can have a little more nimble, you know, guards and tackles at center. they got to move. they got to reach and stuff like that. Well, you talk about, like, the the Broncos offensive line. Sure. Look at the quarterback they had. Yeah, right. And, like, I'm not even super high on John Elway. Like, I never really watched. I'm too young to really watch, to have really watched. Oh, no, he, he was, he was, trust me. He was as good as people say. I know his okay. quarterback rating isn't great. He was as good as people say. Don't, don't tweak me with that. Same with, real quick, well, same, yeah. with Troy, same with Trey Aikman. People will be like, well, you know, he only threw 14 touchdown passes. It's like, okay, I watched Trey Aikman dismantle my team when I was a kid in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to hear that he wasn't that good. But carry on. John well, Elway. What, what type of player? What type, yeah, but this, and what type of player was he? So, like, yeah, if you got interior pressure, like, I don't know if that, that was a thing that there was happening in Denver at that time, but if you got interior pressure, well, he's, John, oh, he's an athlete, man. Like, he'll make a play for you. Yeah, and obviously even when he was old. Yep. With, that, that's obviously not the case with, um, with, with Kirk Cousins. Or, you know, the crazy thing, it's not even a case, it's not a case for, for any of these guys that we're putting in this offense these days. Right. Except maybe Rodgers. And then look what happens. Look what happens when you put Rodgers in this offense. It's like the greatest offense of all time. Right. Like the EPA per play is better than the 2016 uh, Falcons. Can I, like, can I, give, you a, can yeah. I give you a hot take? Because you wrote uh, or you did a video that was really great on Justin Fields. And I was thinking as I was watching Justin Fields, put this guy in a bootleg offense. Yeah, man. Like for I, sure, man. Give him the, the platform to throw off of. And I don't think he's like a playmaker necessarily as in like someone like Zach Wilson is. And I'm sorry to get like way off on a different route here, but I just think like it's, it's always uh, the guys on athletic. We better boot him out. Like, right. What if you do it with the athletic guy? Also, you could do that and that would be great. And then he could run off the bootleg if he wanted to. And, and okay, going back to the, to the Rogers thing, it's like, okay, what do we do it with? Obviously Rogers has always been in you know, athletics to be able to move around, but like his athleticism is, is in, being able to throw in weird angles. Right. And so, so now, like, you know, we talk about, um, uh, you know, booting to, to, to one side or the other because your hand in this is one side or the other. Well, now, you know, with a guy like Fields and his athleticism, maybe, I think this is more Wilson, but, like, hey, we can boot and use the athleticism to create throws 
that maybe some other guys can't create right. from weird body angles. That I mean, that's Rogers' game, you know, 100%. We know that. And, again, putting him in this offense, like, man, I remember these throws against the Saints down the field um, on a boot, like, all these throws on the boot that are just insane because he could just get his body to do whatever he wants in quick in quick timing. So, yeah, anyways, I, I, I also just really like Justin Fields. So, yeah, he would be, I think he fits any offense. Yeah, right. It's just uh, if you're talking about, like, what – I mean, if – Right. This well, is, you know, you know what, you know who fits that offense really well because he can do exactly what I'm just saying, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I, I mean, most, <laughs> most quarterbacks do because it's a quarterback friendly offense. Yeah, exactly. It's always wild to me that it's like, oh, well, we can just have an unathletic guy who you know can well, downfield throws. You, you know what though? It's funny how you can't find a lot of. You gotta watch what I'm about to say, but you cannot find a lot of black quarterbacks who we've put in this offense because we're like, oh, you're athletic. Right. right go drop shotgun. back a hundred times. Right. Go run shotgun. Go drop back a hundred times. Go, 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 yes. go, 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 go. Yes. Like, look at Deshaun Watson. My God. Uh, <laughs> Bill O'Brien ran mm-hmm. play action twice a whole season with him. <laughs> no screen right. passes. Like, oh, well, you're, you're so athletic. We'll just drop back and, and then you can and you can dance around and then you'll make a play no matter what. And it's like, man. Like, put some of these real good players, real athletes, um, like Deshaun Watson, who's a great athlete, like Trevor Lawrence, who's a great athlete. You know, that's not like that. Put them in those offenses. Fields, too, like a great athlete. Um, put them in those offenses. And let's see what we do. I mean, look, Lamar kind of does it, too. I mean, it's a run, heavy run for soft offense, but they will stretch. They do it from pistol, a little different, but they're mm-hmm. going to stretch and they're going to boot off of it. And man, that's a killer with those type of players there, man. So I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all listening platforms. The best part is you can get all of this for $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge for an initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that wants to grow, Hustle is an open door level up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. Go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box to find out more. That's bwhustle.com slash join. It's funny you say that because I was thinking about um, and I don't mean this to be disrespectful to Kirk Cousins, but with the offensive design, I was thinking like Wonder what Marcus Mariota for five million bucks would have done instead of Kirk Cousins, and the answer is it's probably not that different. I mean, no, because no. Mariota is not as good at throwing, but he is much better at running. And when you look at Mariota's play action stats from 2017, he led the league in quarterback yeah. rating with play action. It's like a lot of guys are capable of doing that. It's the other part, and this is what I want you to explain: the play, the the straight drop back game, and why that's so difficult. And I I agree with you. It is a great observation about how few black quarterbacks have ever been put in this situation. Even how about Randall Cunningham, who was way better at throwing than anybody gave his credit for when he played for Philadelphia, but it was just 
Yep. Shotgun, run around, run around, run around, make a play. He comes to Minnesota. They have Moss, runs play action to Robert Smith, throws down the field all the time, and win, you know, is like the MVP of the league or right yeah. up there. It's like, you know, maybe some of these guys would have been better if they hadn't been asked to, to play that way. But why is the drop back game so challenging? Well, so – you know, just just as the difference between play action is obviously the linebackers, the zone defenders, because there's there's usually a zone defender on on every play. Even man coverage is going to have a deep safety who's a zone player. It's going to have a rat in the hole. It's going to have a robber who's a zone player. So like those players can just drop into their zones, get their depth, and go find receivers. Like without having to like, oh, is it a run? Is it a run? A run? No, I got now. I got to turn my back. I got to find a guy. Whatever. So like just being able to drop into your zone, get depth, find a receiver you're supposed to be covering, uh, or the you know the guy who or understand the route concept that's happening, um, allows you to just play better against the pass. Period. Uh, so so that alone just makes it harder um, when you just you're just going to drop back and do it. I think that throwing a football accurately is really hard. <laughs> I think that's, that's yeah. the main thing because it's like, there, there's, there's, there's a technique involved. Right. And it's like, uh, you know, for, for me to, for me to, to throw the ball from point A to point B, I need to go through all these steps and my technique has to be good uh, to throw the ball accurately. And it's like, there's so many things that a lot of other positions don't have. Um, depth is, is probably the biggest one you're throwing the ball 30 yards down the field. So a defensive end who there's technique there to play, you know, any other position, but let's say defensive end, you know, it's not like he's got to do a swim move to a guy 30 yards away (laughs) with like, you know what I mean? Like, like with like elastic stretch arms and he's got to swim on him. Like, no, he's right next to him. Like that makes things a lot easier. Now I'm not saying it's easy to to go uh, rush the pass or anything like that. I'm just saying, when you have to do all these things correctly in terms of your technique and then still throw the ball 30 yards away, it's hard. Um, yeah, I don't, it, I, it's, it's hard, man. I don't even know what else to say. Like, <laughs> playing quarterback well, is really hard. Dropping back to pass is really hard because, um, yeah, I, I really think it's the accuracy. I think it's it's hard to see, man. You ever just, you ever just like, try and, like, think about, like, you have big, all these big bodies around you, and then you're trying to, you're just trying to see flashes of color. Like this flash of red went this way, so the purple guy is open now. This, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. man, I, I don't know what else to say. It's just, I think it's just really hard. And, and I've done it um, a little bit in my life, and I've stood behind, like as a quarterback coach, you know, stood behind in practice, um, you know, when we're running like shell or whatever, like, you know, or scrimmage or whatever, you're standing behind the quarterback a couple of yards away and you're like, man, it's fast, man, it's fast. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I've never seen it at the NFL level. But, yeah, so, I don't I, I can't give a good answer, but I'm like, it's, I just know it's hard. Yeah, I just it, know it, it's hard. Well, if you stand on the sideline for training camp, which is yeah. the, the closest that I've been and – just holy bleep. I mean, the the speed of the players just alone. I mean, think about how much you have to even lead a guy accurately who's running a 4-3. I mean, you know, uh, and, and that always wows me about Kirk Cousins and what you talk about, his technical elements are so right. But the thing is, um, you know, some guys 
can do a happy Gilmore. Some guys can run up on the ball uh, or, or you know, off platform and do these things, and you, you have distractions and everything else. And I look at Kirk Cousins that needs – he needs silence to hit it off the tee. <laughs> and and that's that, to me, that's, that's why. And he's a guy that, you know, he can um, – well, I'm, I'm going to try to stay with the comparison here. He doesn't like a thin fairway. Like if there is a very small window, there's this little tick that is slow with him. And this is why I think he gets sacked on a lot of third downs because it's just like, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if the arm can do it. And this is where, and I wonder if the NFL goes this way with drafting guys where it's like, Josh Allen and Justin Herbert, I didn't like either one of them in college all that much. But, man, when they got to make NFL throws, you just wind up the bazooka and let it go. And it's like it's a lot easier for those guys to make a tight window throw. And for Aaron Rodgers, my God, like I can make any throw, anytime, any window, whenever. And that's just not what the Vikings have. So they have to build this infrastructure for Cousins. And the issue with that is the contract. But it's, it's really interesting, the math problem they have, especially when they have a, a, a head coach that wants everything to be about defense. So it's like, <laughs> you know, where you really need to put your – things to help your guy um, your coach wants it to go on the other side of the ball so it's a really interesting sort of uh, conundrum that we have going well um, I wanted to ask you before we wrap up who is the must watch offense or offenses for this weekend of National Football League football in the playoffs like if you were to say hey focus closely on this one offense it doesn't have to relate to the Vikings but just one that you really love watching who would it be I've been enjoying the Bills offense because they've kind of scrapped a lot of the fact, I'll say. They don't run, there's no quick game. Not even there's a, there's some RPOs. We can't the, in the NFL. You're not running RPO in every snap like you saw you saw with like Alabama on Monday night. Like, <laughs> right. So like there's not a lot of quick game. Not a lot of RPOs. They just say you know what we got. That's exactly what you said got this guy with a cannon who, who became accurate. Now, if he still was the same Josh Allen who wasn't accurate the past two years, they're probably – well, they might be in the playoffs because the division is not very good. But um, they – like, this, they wouldn't be the best team in the NFL, which they, they might just be right now. So they say, you know what? We're going to run everything in the intermediate level. And he is – Josh Allen is so good at um, – in-breaking routes, like 10-yard, 12-yard in-breaking route, because the velocity is yeah. insane. Um, they run play action all the time. It's not the same. It's not that wide zone play action. It's still play action. So you get a little different um, vibe from it. Um, but, yeah, like, this is the fact that they're like, you know what? Who cares? I don't, why, do I, why do I have to, like, Dable is like, you know, I don't need quick game. I, my quick game is, and you saw it against the Colts, my quick game is Josh Allen leaving the pocket. Right. That's fine with me. He gets five yards, gets six yards sometimes, and the, the, honestly, the reason they beat the Colts is because in the first half, they created plays when he left the pocket. You know, you saw those sideline catches. Like, mm -hmm. So, like, that, that's an offense that I really like. Obviously, the, the stuff they do, to just it's vertical, it's down the field, you add a number one receiver, you guys know very well, and, and that's that's um, that's a hell of a, that's a hell of an offense. Again, because they've decided we're not gonna waste our freaking time with quick game. 
Like, yeah, if you're the New Orleans Saints, yeah, you're running quick game because this is who you are. Uh, you don't have the quarterback to, to not run quick game. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Sean Payton also ran quick game with Taysom Hill, but that's a whole other story. We're not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that and um, – so I, that's why I re- I'm really interested in the Bills' offense. I don't say the Bucks' offense because now you're seeing that Arians' offense kind of at, at, at its peak now. Yeah. You know, we, we've seen it before, have success. Obviously, you know, Carson Palmer and the, and, and, the, and, the, and the Cardinals. But now with Brady playing at this level with those receivers, you're getting that um, down. Again, it's different than the wide zone play. It's downhill play action. I'm mm-hmm. just watching them like those – they run like the duo running scheme. So it's like everyone everyone's double teaming. It's kind of like inside zone. You know, everyone's double teaming as many double teams as you can get based on the front that the defense gives you between the guard and the center, between the guard and the tackle, the, you know, the tackle tight end, whatever. And it's, they're pushing vertically. So now you're play actioning off that and you watch Washington, the way they have to play it. They were like, Oh man, we see any type of downhill run action right at us. Two, those two linebackers or three linebackers, they're, they're gone. They're gone. Triggered so fast because they know that if they let, allow these double teams to, to, to happen, now those double teams are getting pushed back, you know, three four yards into um, into their into their linebackers' laps. So you got to trigger fast, so that when and when a linebacker triggers fast, now all of a sudden that let's say the guard can't stay on the double team as fast as long because he's like, oh, I got a guy in my face now, so I got to get off it, and now you end up with a lot of one on ones rather than double teams, which is what the offense wants. So trigger. Washington triggers, Washington linebackers trigger, Washington linebackers trigger. Oops, there's uh, Chris Godwin on the crossing route over their heads. Oops, there's a rotation, and then they let uh, Antonio Brown go down the sideline on play action. So, like, that's a fun offense now that it's clicking. I don't know if it's an offense that necessarily is the future of football. I don't know if it's necessarily an offense that works without a a, a great quarterback like this because we've seen it where – it's been tough on quarterbacks, mm-hmm. but with the personnel they have right now, it is disgusting, and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm nervous for Sunday night. Oh, so you know, Tom Brady could win a Super Bowl playing football, huh? Yeah, um, <laughs> I guess that would be a shocker. Well, speaking of that, I mean, just everything you just said—football. I mean, in your face. That was that was great. That was tremendous. And I'll just add on that I would love to see Dayball go out and coach uh, Justin Herbert and do a lot of the same things. Like if I he's going to take a unbelievable job, match. pick pick the right job if he yeah. gets offered jobs or stay where you're at because, um, you know, their offense probably isn't going anywhere. Well, uh, are you, um, like, underscore Seth these days? Like, is that a thing? Is it PFF underscore Seth? Are you one of those people? I I became one of those people. (laughs) Underscore Nation, I guess. Uh, Okay, so. (laughs) As long as I didn't put, like, NFL in my name. That's my main (laughs) thing. Seth Galina underscore NFL. Oh, boy, that's a whole nother thing (laughs) off the podcast. But, um Anyway, just tweet – if you do that, tweet about which draft prospects you were right about from three years ago. That's that's the way you do yeah, it. Yeah, but oh. I can't because I haven't been right about any of them. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, Herbert. I saw the Herbert thing. That's great. Well, none of us uh, – none. Of, my thing is always none of the teams even get it right very often. So, 
Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't feel bad if I thought Josh Rosen was going to work out. Give him hey, some you bootlegs. You and me both, baby. <laughs> yeah, give him some bootlegs. Maybe it'll work. Um, anyway, so your your piece on Russell Wilson is absolutely tremendous. People should appreciate go to Twitter and find that. And I really appreciate you coming on and in ridiculous depth breaking down what makes a modern offense. Thanks a lot, Seth. Thank you.